You're listening to Music Lessons from Athens, Georgia. This podcast is about music and the music industry and me trying to join in on the fun by learning how to play a banjo. I hope to bring you incredible stories from musicians and others from the music industry and even sometimes from a few fans. Join us each episode as we hear some cool anecdotes and learn some music lessons from Athens, Georgia. Okay, hello and welcome to episode one of Music Lessons from Athens, Georgia, starring me, Carrie Kelly. Uh, I am doing this because I would love to learn a new instrument, and I thought it'd be cool to uh, learn that while we talk to some people from the music industry and kind of learn more about what it's like to be a musician or involved in music in any way, really, even as a fan sometimes. Um, I have decided uh, to learn the banjo, as I had already learned the piano as a child, but wanted to try something a little more portable. I don't know much about the music industry, but I'm hoping to learn uh, about that as we go along through this podcast and as I learn to play this instrument better. I've loved music my whole life and uh, I would just love to be more involved and um, I thought this would be a cool way to do it, especially living here in Athens, Georgia, which is uh, quite a hub of music uh, in the South and really and really the world. Um, so anyway, uh, I'm going to have a guest each time. And this time, my guest is my hubs, Tim Kelly. A guest of convenience. Hey, <laughs> first episode. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's uh, looking for the, the creme de la creme of the music industry. <laughs> and you found me. Tim, the non-musical, non-instrument playing right. person that lives here in the house with me. <laughs> Hey, I could have picked uh, Luke. That's true. All right. But I I'm, chose I'm a better you, guest. Tim. Yeah. I chose you. Anyway, Tim is going to talk to us some about uh, why he loves music, which he does, even though he is not a musician per se, uh, but he does love music very much and I think has loved music for quite some time. Fostered by his sister. Z. Right. Sisters. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and we'll get to that in just a minute. But yeah, let's just talk about living in Athens for a second. And, okay. uh And what it's like kind of just to be around the music scene here. So, I mean, we've been going to music shows since we moved here in mm-hmm. 1996, which we didn't move here together. We moved here to start college mm-hmm. at the university. What was your first show here? Well... My first show here was Mel and the Party Hats. Nice. An 80s cover band. Can't go wrong with that. This would have been September of 1996, but uh, I think the big thing is that music brought me here. There was right. no other reason why I would have been here other than R.E.M. Uh, that's, big fan. Yeah. Um, I grew up in Maryland, and... My sisters really informed my music taste from um, U2 and The Cure, Psychedelic Furs, R.E.M., The Pixies. That's all I ever heard when I was growing up. 
So when everybody else was listening to Paula Abdul or... Myself included. Uh, we had MTV and Tim did not. So. I, right. I didn't have cable either. Yeah. Um, hair bands or whoever it was. Um, I was listening to all these bands that I just mentioned. One of them was R.E.M. And uh, I just became obsessed with them. And I pretty much convinced my father on one of our trips um, through uh, baseball stadiums that we would take in the summer uh, to swing by Athens to take a look at the city because I just wanted to see where Ariane was from. And that's why I came here. That's the only reason I came here in the first place. So when I came here, after all of that, my music pedigree, uh, whatever it was when I was 18 years old, the first band I saw was an 80s cover band, Mel and the Party Hats. <laughs> and they were awesome. I was it was so say, much they fun. They were awesome. Yeah. yeah. It was great. It was, um, it was so fun. I had such a good time at the Georgia Theater, the old Georgia Theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, With the 32-ounce beers. Right. Yeah, the old like Miller. But you didn't drink those because you were... 18. Right. Yeah. The fifth on that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was It was just as, like, all the old seats, and it mm-hmm. was just, you know, it just felt really cool. Um, so that was the first show that I went to. I was trying to think, like, the first, like, real, like, cool show I went to. <laughs> I that can't. was cool. That was the first show. No. We went to together, I think, was also Mel and the Party Hats. Which was, like... Four years later. Not Day Room, but <laughs> Day Room was a cool, cool show. Right. That was like our first like Athens sort of band that we saw together. Um, my my first show was Jump Little Children. Oh, right. Yeah. Which I had never been downtown before. I think it was also fall of 1996. But the cool part was that Guster opened up for them. So that's the part I mostly remember. Not that I didn't remember Jump Little Children. I was just very scared because I was like 17 years old. Right. That I was didn't it. Know what was happening? It was such a strange time in in Athens. Like uh, Jump Little Children, Day Room, Mishap. Um, Mishap. Yeah. Um, and then Guster was not from Athens, but that same sort of genre of music. It was all going on at the same time that. Things like the Elephant Six Collective and oh yeah, right Neutral Milk Hotel, Olivia Tremor, Olivia Tremor Control, and Elf Power, they were all going on. So and like completely unbeknownst to me. Uh, same here, obviously. It was something that I came to far, far later, and almost it was like a shock that I was like, oh my gosh, that was going on at the same time I was watching. We probably came into it dance. at the right time when we no, could actually it appreciate right. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, there were these you know, definitely jarring styles that were, you know, popular all going on at the same time. Yeah, so um, that's cool. And uh, what would you say was, you don't have to pick the best, but one of the best shows through your college career? Probably. You can say Mel and the Party Hats because they were quite fun, but you did love, yeah. uh, well, Day Room was pretty good. You yeah. can go right after college, too, if you want to hit that. <laughs> The day room shows were very fun. Yeah. They were just the perfect time to be like 19, 20, 21 years old uh, and seeing shows at the theater. Mishap was very fun. Uh, and um, it was just because it was like one of those bands that like we would watch and then have beers with immediately afterwards with, you know, that was... that was After you turned 21. Right. 
exactly. Um, that was a fun kind of thing that you just didn't get to do when, you know, you were in high school. Right. Right. No, not, you didn't get to hang with the band much. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I guess in, if it was in college, I would say the day room shows would be my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Those were so good. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. So fun to be so close up to the stage for and just sweaty and disgusting right. and dancing and having so much fun. I think there was just that sense at that time. I think you listen to it now and you, you might think there's no way this band would ever be popular, but that's insane. They're amazing. No, they are, but, and, and they definitely are and were and, and still, and still are, you know, their music is good. It's just that I think we just all felt like, Oh, this is going to be like this huge band. I think they're going to be huge. And, and they got there. They almost got right to that, you know, to the brink, to that precipice. Right. Um, and it was just like a million other bands, you know. They're just, um, just things just didn't quite break the right way for them. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is so different than now, where you have all these platforms. Because then, it was it. You just had to get picked up by, right. like, a radio station. Or played yeah. by the right radio station. Right. And then played picked by up the right by a label. Get hot at the right time, or else, all that kind of stuff. or else there's nothing you can do. But yeah, there were probably a lot of other bands out there that we just didn't even know that were in the same situation that some other people here in Athens were are talking about right now. Their memories right. with them, with that band. Yeah, but they probably didn't have that amazing reunion show either. All right, we're gonna take a little break for a sec, and we'll be back in a minute. I'm just going to talk for a minute about kind of my my uh, reasoning for wanting to learn the banjo specifically. I guess I have really liked country music uh, for a while. I grew up kind of in a rural area, as did you, Tim, but uh, mine was more marshy rural. And so I uh, grew up listening to kind of that 80s, 90s country music like um, Randy Travis, who's probably my all-time favorite, Dwight Yoakam, Vince Gill, Patti Loveless. And just really love that honky-tonk sound um, a lot, especially because it was kind of after that 80s country music that kind of sounded a lot more like pop, even though that was pretty good too, but kind of like the Crystal Gale, Barbara Mandrell stuff. Uh, And then it kind of went into more honky-tonk music with um, people like Patti Loveless. But then I also liked when it got into the 90s with, um, you know, like Faith Hill and... um, and I even, you know, like Shania Twain, things like that, that kind of lean more back toward the pop, but still had that country vibe to it. So anyway, I, um, I really like to how the, uh, the, the Dixie Chicks kind of came out around that time too, but they, they kind of brought things like the banjo and the fiddle into that honky-tonk music, um, but still made it uh, very current and, and really listenable and very radio-friendly, obviously. Um, So anyway, um, just thinking about how much I like that, then I kind of got out of country music, but decided, you know, I guess it was about, um, when did we first hear like Packway Handle Band, stuff like that, maybe about six, seven years ago. Mm -hmm. So I really kind of started listening to that bluegrass music again after that and realizing, man, this is very, very cool, listenable, and just 
something you can have on all day and, and listen to and, and, you know, while you're doing chores or running errands or whatever. And it's, it's just so, so, um, calming for me, I guess. So I really love the way the banjo just by itself sounds. And, um, I, I like that I can kind of just sit there and would be able to play it. And, you know, it's a little bit more, I guess, of a unique instrument, um, not that the guitar is not wonderful, but um, I guess it seems like a very more commonly learned instrument. I wanted to go a little bit, uh, a little bit more uncommon with what I was doing. So I tried to actually learn one about ten years ago. I rented one and kind of tried to teach myself. But at the time, I was in my pediatric residency in Greenville, South Carolina, so I had a lot uh, going on. So kind of took took off from that. So this time I've decided to uh, actually buy one and take actual lessons. So um, I, and, you know, um, <coughs> probably in my midlife crisis right now, have moved forward with this plan uh, instead of archery, which was also part of the plan, which I still might do, a la Gina Davis. So anyway, went to Chicks in downtown Athens and uh, bought myself a banjo it's a Savannah brand banjo, so kind of an entry level, but still, I think, really quality product. Um, and I have no idea what I'm doing. I have uh, not uh, played since I tried that 10 years ago, but um, we're going to play a little bit uh, on each episode so you can kind of hear my improvement. So later you'll hear me just strum the, the strings because um, that's what I can do right now. Um, so anyway, I start my lessons tomorrow, and so I am really excited about that and to see where that goes. Uh, so Tim, let's talk some more about some of your uh, music interests. I know you're not a big country music fan, although you do like some of the kind of 80s stuff like Randy Travis and Dwight Yoakam. You've, uh, you know, you, you could get into that a little bit. Right, yeah. I mean, you... you brought that into my life and I like it. <laughs> I don't seek it out necessarily, but um, I definitely like that much more than the pop country stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, there hasn't been anything, I think, country uh, in the f- past few years that I've heard that I like. Like I like Randy Travis or uh, anything comparing to that I think that you know people talk about him specifically kind of bringing back that just true kind of country like the original like the Hank Williams stuff kind of back to country music right and his voice is just so perfect and same with Dwight Yoakam he's just they've just got that such a recognizable voice you know and um Clint, Clint Black too yeah yeah all these people um with Say for like Dwight Yoakam, mm-hmm. the first time I ever knew who Dwight Yoakam was, it was because he was the abusive father right. in Sling Blade. Right. And then someone said, oh, you know, he sings music. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just one of those things where I just didn't know those, you know, I didn't really listen to country ever. Right. Um, and so then once I got into it and I heard, you know, somebody like, I don't know, Toby Keith or... Brad yeah. Paisley or something like that, as opposed to Dwight Yoakam or uh, Randy Travis. Obviously, I'm, I'm much more inclined to the old school, like sort of traditional stuff. Right, and, and I not... think even like Brad Paisley now is kind of considered 
more close to them. But like, oh really? Yeah, yeah I don't. Yeah. I mean, he he's still around for sure. I think uh, singing. But um, I actually heard Dwight Yoakam on the Bluegrass Station yesterday, so I think he is moving toward that. And I know Patty Loveless is. She's my absolute favorite female country singer, and uh, I hear her on the. She's kind of moved more to the bluegrass station now, and just bluegrass music, which mm-hmm. is really great. So, um, but, uh, yeah, um, it is good. I mean, it, Dwight's very cool because, he, Dwight, because we're friends. Right. Um, he's cool because he does do that other stuff, you know, like the movies and mm-hmm. some of that. He was yeah. in some other movie too, but I can't remember what it was. Yeah. I think it was a comedy. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I think it reminds me too of my childhood, you know, Mainly like high school, which I actually really liked. A lot of people didn't, but I had a really good high school experience. And especially a big part of that was um, crabbing and shrimping and fishing all the time with my dad. And we lived right on the marsh, so every single Saturday just about we went you know, out on the boat and went crabbing and usually caught a ton and to Tim's dismay, as they did not appear once Tim entered my life. But anyway, when I was in high school, we caught them all the time. We'd come home and cook crabs and, you know, or go out in the middle of the night and eat shrimp, and we'd kind of always have that country music station on in the boat. Yeah, it may not be, like, the most, like, I don't know, iconic country music scenario, but you really did kind of live that life that they talk about, like... Got 20 beers in a boat on a midnight <laughs> cruise, you know, like that kind of thing. Like, you actually did That's that right. instead of, like, you know, somebody wheeling around in a Yukon uh, it, right. going from strip mall to right. Chick fil A to the movie theater, you know. Right. <laughs> uh, so, I, I can see where that would be, you know, more, uh, you can see where the nostalgia and comes in or it's more endearing to you and right. it's true as opposed to just like you know I grew up in a subdivision in Cobb County right and because you even grew up in a very rural area but just never it was never really a thing in Maryland but my grandmother yeah. loved country music so much you know and so we watched you know like uh Hee Haw all the time growing up and stuff like that so we yeah. knew all all those people and then uh, my mom didn't really like country music she was definitely into classic rock but somehow I got back into it because Dad didn't really love it either. He was more of a soft rock, Bob Seger type. Right. Yeah, a little country and Seger, though. Anyway, so, um, yeah, I think this kind of is just, you know, again, in midlife crisis mode, pulling back to the old childhood. So um, so let's talk quickly about uh, our first concert ever. I'll just briefly talk about mine. It was Michael Jackson. Victory Tour, 1984. I was six years old. It was incredible. I did cry at one point because he disappeared off the stage, but it was just an illusion. And he came back, and all was well. And we actually got tickets to that concert because my cousins, one of my cousins, uh, drew a portrait of him and won them because the portrait was so good. And it was in Jacksonville, and it was amazing because I was obsessed with Michael Jackson. And had trading cards and all kind of stuff. So anyway, can't really compare that to a current concert as he is no longer with us. But Tim's, was that your first concert or it was one of them? One of my first concerts, yeah. I I can't really remember what my first real concert was. Was it Toad? So the the two that I remember 
and I can't remember which in time was like the first one because I didn't remember going to it. Right. It's been, this is my first concert. Right. It's kind of crazy because it's a big deal. I know, but I just don't think of things like that. But um, so Toad the Wet Sprocket was one. Right. Um, but the one, the big one, I think, uh, would be Radiohead. Right. And Belly. And at the time. Were they at the same show? They were co-headliners. Co-headliners. Radiohead and Belly. This is Radiohead's first North American tour, 1994, mm-hmm. October 1994. Um, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they would switch. Like, so Radiohead would play first, and then Belly would, would end, and then the next show, Belly would open, and then Radiohead would close. Right. And so I saw them at the Ritchie Coliseum in Maryland. Mm-hmm. This is um, the Pablo Honey tour. <coughs> And they were still playing Creep at the time. That was the big claim to fame because that was the only album they had, you know. So they played like 11, 12 songs. Um, There was no, well, it was maybe a Richie Coliseum. I guess there was probably like 4,000 people Mm -hmm. total there. And we were on the floor. um, And I was like in the third row. And that was still like people were moshing. (laughs) Because this was 1990. Four. Four. And who took you to this concert? This was my friend Chris. His father took us. And he had a great time. He loved it. He <laughs> um, No, actually, he was, he like, he loved that music. He loved the 10,000 Maniacs. That was his. Oh, he really did. He did, yeah. Yeah. He really. Is this Chris Ward? Uh-huh. Okay. And he took us, um, and he loved the 10,000 Maniacs. He probably liked Belly more than he liked Radiohead. He probably tolerated Radiohead because he liked Belly more. That would be kind of, that's going to be us when our children are older. Yeah. We're going to be pushing them out of the way. And I remember, and now I I think about it, um, I just remember someone on, in Radiohead, um, leaning out over the crowd, and now I I have to assume it was Johnny Greenwood, because I can't really remember, but, um to let them strum their guitar oh, and I got to strum <laughs> the guitar. Um, so anyway, that was my, one of my first shows. And then I actually wound up seeing, I, I saw Radiohead at the end of that tour in DC in April. You saw them twice. 95. Okay. Yeah. And, and then... so by the end of that tour, that was in DC. This was the WHFS, like, um, like it, there was some festival that they played in April. So, Creep became very popular in the interim. And so mm. they ended with Creep in Rich Coliseum. But by the time they got to D.C., they, they, would not over play, it. they would not play Creep anymore. But everyone was cheering for Creep. Mm, and That doesn't work. So Tom York was so upset about it that in the middle of the show, he said... Uh, Watch the language. Yeah, I know. He said, "I, you know, you want to hear it, but I'm not going to bleepity bleepity bleep bleep play it. Very play it, as he would say in the radio ed- edition of Creep. But he made the rest of the band play it, which is kind of funny. That he oh. sat at the end of the, he sat at the end of the stage, kind of threw the mic out into the crowd, and they played it, and then the crowd just sang it, and then he took it, and then resumed the show. So that was, I, I always say that was like my first concert because that was the first one that I really remember." And, 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 and Toad, and Toad. And Toad, of course. Yeah. Which we saw Toad again at Myrtle Beach. Yeah. Uh, like, about 10 years ago. That would have been more than that. At know, the House of Blues. 15 years ago. I don't know why we were at Myrtle Beach. I think we actually just went to see them. We did, just to see Toad the Wet's practice. It was yeah. a good, good show. Yeah, they're great fantastic. Yeah. yeah, great show. 
Uh, and then we recently saw Radiohead just a couple weekends ago. Yeah, I know. At, at uh, Phillips Arena, home of the Hawks. Yep. Your Hawks. My Hawks. And uh, we had an incident. Yeah. Uh, uh, an, I would not say elderly gentleman, but someone that was of, of advanced age that I have to assume was on some sort of hallucinogenic. <laughs> yeah. Came by himself was dancing by himself and was very upset that we were talking in very hushed tones behind him uh, to the point where he turned around and grabbed my shirt and pulled the button off my shirt. He was very, very angry. Anyway, uh, that was a little upsetting and scary. Though I will say that I've, I've been talking to people since then and sort of recounting what happened, and I've had more than more than one person say that they've been at shows Mm-hmm. Where they've been upset when people have been talking behind them. No. Um, and I said, like, were they, like, yelling? And they said, no, just sort of, like, talking. And so I don't know if that's a new thing where um, I, I've never heard that before where... I disagree. <laughs> and... Oh, if you're at an orchestra. Right. This is... But at this a, was at like a rock very show... very loud... Um, so that might be something to consider. And we were not talking the whole time. We were just talking at points during the show. Yes. If we were just like sitting there and completely being oblivious to the entire show and not paying attention, that w- might be one thing. I, no, but... I, I mean, I don't even think that would bother me. You expect this at a, a concert, you uh, know? I yeah. mean, it's a concert. I, whoever you are, I, I appreciate your opinion. I'm sure I know you very well, but, um, but, uh. But regardless, not to the point where you would pull somebody's shirt no. and put their button on. No, yeah. he was going to punch you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the show. So anyway, we'll we'll try to. Uh, I mean, we we were being respectful, but we will continue to be respectful of people's musical uh, wants at shows. Uh, but regarding the show, uh, what were your thoughts compared to the 1994-95 show? A little different. Yeah. Uh, well, obviously, yeah. The beginning, the the first show was much more raw, unpolished. You know, mm-hmm. that was you know, and it was so much moshing. At the, I mean, it was like no, hey, no moshing at this show. You no. got your shirt. You'd have gotten punched right in the face. Yeah, it was it was much different. It was very, and I mean, definitely sort of reflects the a bit of the change of you know Radiohead certainly, but um, yeah, the the show was much more. Um, I want to say morose, but it was very dreamy. Yeah, I think that was, and I will say a, a bit of it kind of bummed me out just because I almost got the sense that it had got to the point where you had to be. I think there were a lot of people that were maybe on things, uh, kind of Pink Floyd esque. Yeah, yeah, and then like that's how you had to enjoy Radiohead now. You know, it's like. Mm. I don't think you it's quite there, be but in it, man. Well, like I think, and I think that's cause... fine. Like if you're listening to it on the radio or yeah. on your stereo or whatever, but it's hard at a concert, right? When you're just like standing there. Although that the guy that almost punched you was dancing quite a lot. He uh, was, I know. But uh, there were some definitely some high points, uh, such as. Um, uh, Idiotech was. Oh yeah, great. that was yeah. great. Right. And uh, snapping, snapping, thinking, thinking. Karma police. Uh, 
Right, that was great. Incredible. Mm-hmm. What's the one, the cartoon video? Oh, Paranoid Android. Paranoid Android was yep. really awesome. Yeah, I mean, it was... So there were some... But sure. it would have been cool to hear a little bit more from uh, the Benz. Right, yeah, I know. I didn't even need to hear Creep. I mean, it would have been cool. But, uh, yeah. yeah. But, no, I mean, the new music is really good. It's it just, is. Uh, yeah, it's just a little hard at a concert. But it was cool to hear Tom York speak. Yeah. Didn't He sounded way yeah. different than I thought he was going to sound. I know. Yeah. Or as our son would call him, Tom New York. Yeah, he says Tom New York. Um, he and our son loves No Surprises, which he they played. They did play. Yeah. He does. Yeah, he loves They're There Too. Didn't I play know, that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we we were kind of hoping after the almost fight we might get to hear that, but that's okay. Yeah. Next time. Uh. So yeah. So we're gonna take uh one more little break. And then I'm going to actually play the banjo. Hang tight. Okay, and we are back with music lessons from Athens, Georgia. And again, just to recap, we are going to be talking about me learning the banjo. Uh, and also just getting some stories from guests, friends, family, musicians, people in the music industry, just about being in the music industry. Hence the music lessons title. Okay. So Tim, uh, do you have uh, any advice for me in this journey that I'm about to take? I hate that journey, but anyway, endeavor that I'm about to take. Um, advice. I don't know. I, I think if you, um, apply yourself okay. and you try and you strive and you reach for the stars. Okay. Reaching. And you keep reaching for the stars. Okay. Reaching. But keep your feet in the ground. I don't know. All right. Well, just reach for the stars. Okay. Uh, no, I think you're gonna be great. Um, it's something that you've wanted to do for a long time, mm-hmm. uh, and I think I would just say you're not one that gets discouraged too easily. Correct. If things go wrong, but you get distracted a little easily. I do do that. Right. So I would say I I'm not worried about you being discouraged. I'm worried about you being distracted. Okay. So I. Solid. Eyes on the prize. Eyes on the prize. Eyes on the prize. Eyes on the prize is now the slogan for this podcast. Eyes right. on the prize. Okay, great. Good advice. Thank you, Tim. I will keep my eyes on the prize. And I will set aside practice time each week, each day, so that I do not get distracted. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Tim. As the co-owner with myself of the Rook and Pond Board Game Cafe in Athens, Georgia, what are you up to next? <laughs> well, we have our own podcast. What? Uh, yeah, we do. Uh, which I think we're going to make this part of the Rook and Pond Cast Broadcasting Network Production Network. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes at mm. the Rook and Pond Cast. Also starring. Episode 2, starring Dr. Carrie Kelly, playing Fun Employed. 
and our uh, good friend Justin, Justin Bray. Bray. Yes, of course. Very cool our, cat. Our co-host Justin Bray. Very cool cat. And then Carrie will be hosting the Roll Again pop-up shop mm-hmm. on April 23rd, if this episode makes it out before that. Not going to happen. <laughs> if you missed it, then I'm sure there will be another one soon. But um, check our calendar at uh, Uh and you can search for us on Facebook at Rook and Pond, and we are on Instagram and Twitter at at Rook and Pond, the letter N. Like rock and roll. Yeah. So you can find us there. Thank you, Tim. And uh, yeah, we'll be having those pond cons uh, once a month around for the next Trying. few seasons. Yeah. I mean, few months. Uh, so stop by and just come by and play some games. Uh, okay, henceforth ends the ad for the Rogue and Pond. All right, uh, so I guess now I'm going to play the banjo. And that, Godspeed. Okay, here we go. All right, I am now holding the banjo. Not sure if I'm holding it correctly. Looks right. Okay. I do not know if it's tuned correctly. Is your tongue supposed to be there? <laughs> He's lying, folks. Okay, uh, so I'm just going to strum. Here we go. That sounded all right. Let's just do that again. I don't have my little finger clippies on. Again, a very technical term, probably. Finger clippies. And then you can do the picking. some what do I do I mean I know how to pretend to play the guitar putting my finger on a fret I know what a fret is okay it's time to wrap this one up what is that Tim don't say it copyright anyway you know what I'm talking about he doesn't know you all know out there all right, one more strum for good measure. And I think with that... You have a long way to go. Well, I saw the price. Uh, so with that, we are going to end our session for the day. And I have my first lesson tomorrow, following which I will do another episode of this podcast uh, probably close to my next lesson, which should be in about two weeks, so we can see how much I've improved. I'll probably be playing a lot of flat and scrugs by then. You all know what I'm talking about out there. All right, so until next time, thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the flip side. This has been Music Lessons from Athens, Georgia. We hope you enjoyed hearing about some of our music history, although don't worry, this podcast won't just be Tim and I talking about concerts we've been to, except maybe the next episode also, but I promise it'll be really interesting. I hope to have some really great guests join us in future episodes to tell us about touring and playing, who influences them, and their own experiences in learning to play their instruments, and just in general some really great stories from behind the scenes in music. 
Thank you again for listening to our first episode, and we'll hope you'll come back for more. See you soon.